Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Area voters have a lot of decisions to make in the November 6th midterm election. One of them is designed to raise the St. Louis County sales tax to support the St. Louis Zoo. It's controversial. We'll get the pros and cons, but that's a little bit later. First, we'll look at a local bakery with a recipe for rehabilitating ex-prisoners. It's the work of Kaylin McAllister, a former Buddhist chaplain at the Correctional Center in Farmington. She now runs the Laughing Bear Bakery downtown. It employs ex-prisoners. And Kaylin joins me in studio to talk about her project. And with her is Pete Wallace, an employee. Thank you both so much for being with us. Great to have you. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Kaylin, let me start with you and just get the basic background of how all this got started. Well, I was a prison chaplain, and I started noticing that people would come to me about two weeks before they were released with kind of panic. Um, They were panicked, and some were even close to tears, and they were saying, okay, when we get out, what are we going to do? We can't find a job. You know, we'll be on the streets. And they were really upset about it. I retired in April of 2015, and I made a promise to these guys that I would do something about this when I got out. Um, Sometimes I regret that promise, but... (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) But uh, it took about six months. You know, I I came up with the idea of a bakery because I like to bake. And and a lot of the jobs that are available to uh, returning citizens are jobs that um, require a lot of physical strength. And so I wanted something that would go across, go across the board that some anybody could do, and um, so I came up with the idea of a bakery. Um, I started uh, getting paperwork together, going to the health department, getting our everything together. In the summer, we discovered a, a bakery that we could rent. It was a Crandelette bakery. Uh, you know, it was like a a rent to. Um, Anyway, we, we rented the bakery. Um, we started in November. I put out letters to friends of mine. We're not funded by anybody uh, at that point. And I put out letters to friends of mine, and they did donations. We came up with about $2,000 to start a bakery. We started mid-November. In two weeks, we were flat broke. You know, you made the first payroll. You bought ingredients. But luckily, it was right before the holidays. People knew my bakery, and they knew my baking, and so they started ordering products, and somehow we made it through to January. And the rest, as they say, is history, right? <laughs> Correct. Right. Pete, let me go back to the early part of what uh, Cannon was talking about there with regard to the anxiety prior to uh, release. Give me some sense of what you were going through. <clears throat> well, it's a lot of uh... – so you know that when you get out, you have – all these extra stipulations that you're going to have with parole and um, the struggles that you have from, you know, having a felony restricts you from employment. It restricts you from housing, um, voting in some cases. There's a ton of things, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know all this when you're about to go out into the world. So, uh, you know, you feel like the the hill that you're climbing is just so big and it just seems like, you know, it may not be possible. And a lot of times it's not. You know, uh, the uh, the recidivism rates pretty high and especially for guys just getting out. I mean, myself, I, you know, I've I've got three separate felony convictions. And so, you know, when I got out in the first time, um, I got to experience the struggles firsthand, you know, finding employment, finding a place to stay. 
and you know you just kind of get rejected at every single turn you know and then it just kind of beats down on your morale and your motivation and then you kind of figure you know what's the point in even trying to do the right thing if i'm not gonna achieve it anyways so um and then you eventually just resort back to your own ways and it just and again it's just filled with a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and um nine out of ten it yeah it just leads uh, guys back to their old behavior. Uh, you're, you're saying, you're really saying, as I understand it, that the system kind of beats you down and that the recidivism rate is a result of the system. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a up- uphill battle for sure. Right. right. Yeah. Um, had you had any experience baking before you hooked up with Kayla? Actually, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, uh, my earliest memories actually are of uh, being in the kitchen with my mother and getting my hands in some dough and um, yeah, so that cooking's always been a passion my whole life, and uh, baking was never my strong suit actually, really, until uh, you know I got to come here and work with Kaylin at the bakery, and you know get a little more proficient at it. And I think I'm all right. <laughs> I guess. Uh, how long have you been with her? Um, we met about three years ago, two or three, and I think I've been working for the bakery now about a year and a half, almost two years, pretty much from the beginning, because I met her at. At her Zen Center. Uh, at, at Zen Center, okay, yeah. Yeah, she has, uh, had a center to meditate, and that's when I first met her. And then she told me about the bakery, and I loved the idea. Kaylin, mm-hmm. how do you approach these guys? I, I guess we're only talking about men. Is that correct, or do you no. have any female? Oh, no, we have females, okay, too. Okay, Yeah. How do you actually, approach these people? Actually, um, they approach us. Um, mm-hmm. I had a reputation in prison as a chaplain as being a very fair person, and people move around in prison. Um, they're being shifted from one prison to another, so you kind of build a reputation, and my reputation's out there. People know to look for me when they get out. Um, we put out a little newsletter uh, from the Zen Center to um, people in prison, and we talk about the bakery in there. Uh so I've never had to look for people. They've been following, and they come out, they head straight for the bakery. And we worked with um, sometimes parole officers will send us guys or local transitional housing places that know about us. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll send some of their people to us to look for work as well. How well have you done over the, over the years? How many people have come through, or do you, and how many people do you employ at any given time? Well, right now we've got about 11 people employed, which is way over what we should have. I just can't turn them away. I love them all. Um, We've employed, since we started, which is we're going close to our third year, we've employed 18 people. One that we know of has gone back to prison. One person's working for the city of St. Louis full-time. One person is a supervisor of a restaurant um, and and going to college for his culinary degree. Um, One person's a manager at like a Dollar Tree store, that kind of thing. So... We're really thrilled about where our people have gone. Pete, how do you work with them? I mean, you have a, a similar experience to most of them, and I imagine you could be in the position of being something of a mentor throughout all of this. Yeah, I think, and, and that, that even, I think, kind of comes with the supervisor position. And I was even just talking to Kaylin the other day. Um, you know, the best part about uh, being at the bakery is actually getting to interact with the guys mm-hmm. and ladies and mm-hmm. um you know, because I, I understand their struggles, and we understand their struggles. We get what they're going through, so we can be there to listen to them and listen to what's going on. And uh, you know, we both just have a lot of love for everybody that we have, actually, and would kind of do anything for them. So, 
Kaylin, do you look at this as kind of a like a halfway house setting in as much as you don't anticipate people are going to be with you long term, that you get them to a point where they are confident enough to go out? Um, no, I really don't. I I don't like the term halfway house. Oh. Um, I look at them more like family. Mm-hmm. I think we all look at each other like family. And some people come in and, you know, necessity requires they have a full-time job and they move on. Um, the people we have now, um, we're not even nudging them to move forward because <laughs> we love them so much. We want them there. Um, we have one guy we named the cookie after, Big O. Big O. Big O cookie. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got such great skills in baking that I don't even think he realizes what great skills he has. We have another guy who's got great leadership, Travis. You know, we've got Across the board, we have um, we have a great family. Uh, I'm assuming that many of the people who come through come in without a- any real baking skill. No, well, yeah, the majority actually of the people that we have um, don't. You know, and, and we tell them right up front in the interview that you know we ask if they have any baking experience, but I try to tell them right away that it's not mm-hmm. required. And I actually think it's better to bring the guys on who don't have any baking experience because we're actually like you know providing them a skill, something that you know they can market for themselves. It's not baking is not easy. It may look easy to, <laughs> to some people, but it does require a great deal of skill and patience and and other things as well. Yeah, it's it's chemistry. Um, Cooking is art. Baking is chemistry. You know, you have to follow directions. How long, those who have been with you, typically have they stayed? I would say about nine months. Mm. That's plenty yeah, of time, like Pete, to, 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 to learn that skill? Oh, yeah. We'll get them up and going in a couple of weeks, actually. Right. But you start, you know, we start off small, the easier recipes here, there. And there is a bit of a learning curve. You know, we do <laughs> waste some product in the teaching process, but it's all a lesson, you know, and guys are pretty good about um, not repeating mistakes they've already once made, so. Sure. What, what are you baking? Oh, we have a whole line of um, pies and cookies. We have <laughs> chocolate bourbon pecan pie. We have key lime pie. We have raspberry gooey butter pie. We have a fudge pie, chocolate chip cookie pie. Um, Apple pie. We do seasonal fruit pies. Yeah. Basically, it's a, it's pastries then, primarily. Yeah. We have um, a triple-layer chocolate, chocolate, chocolate cake. Um, we have a lemon poppy seed half-sheet cake. And then we have our cookies. We have the big old chocolate chip cookies. We have Hardy Lombardi. Hardy Lombardi, white chocolate oatmeal cranberry (laughs) cookies. It it sounds like you need 11 or 12 people to uh, (laughs) do that kind of production. Who are your customers? Are they off the street or do you online online sales, that sort of thing? We mostly do wholesale. We sell to Straubs. We sell to Smokehouse. We sell to um, Washington University. We sell to... We just got into local harvest. Local oh, harvest, really? yeah. mm-hmm. And we're looking at a couple new clients right now. Mm-hmm. Trying to get into some filling but, stations. But people come to the door and, you know, they contact us and we sell to people if they want to come down and pick up. Well, how much do you produce each week with all of these various items that you do and with 11 or 12 employees? What kind of production do you have, output? Um, I think it kind of depends on the week and where the orders are at. But, you know, sometimes we'll maybe be limited to 100 items. And sometimes I think the other week we're up to like 400, 450 items. Yeah, we have, we have one product, which is a favorite, called Bear Candy. 
It's a puffed corn with caramel sauce. We had to ship 700 of those boxes to Boston one week. Really? Yeah. Do you know how many people are licking their lips right now, <laughs> right now over lunchtime listening to all this good stuff? A lot of them, I'm sure. I have to take a break. Uh, we will do that now. And uh, we'll continue our conversation about this uh, great project, the Laughing Bear Bakery. More on that when we continue. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast supported by University College at Washington University with undergraduate and graduate programs part-time evening and online. University College at Washington University offering world-class education within reach. Also, we've got a free event coming up here at St. Louis Public Radio just a week from today. You can join us at 6.30 p.m. Wednesday, October 24th for our Missouri Ballot Issues Forum. We'll be talking with proponents and opponents of four major issues before Missouri voters this fall. Amendment 1, Proposition B, Prop D, plus three competing measures that would legalize medical marijuana in this state. For details and to register for the free event beginning at 6.30 p.m. on October 24th, go to stlpublicradio.org slash ballot. Now back to our conversation with Kayla McAllister and, uh, and Pete Wallace. I have a, 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 a tweet here from one of our listeners, Suzanne, and Overland says, it's an email actually, she writes, I appreciate today's show. Thank you for highlighting a great organization with a great mission. In addition, they have the most awesome chocolate cake that I have ever tasted. <laughs> <laughs> that's music to your ears, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's like a our chocolate cakes, almost like you know the Hostess cupcakes with the little white swirl on mm-hmm. top. It's like almost like a homemade version of that. That's the best I think I can description I can give of it. You know? While we're talking about that, once again, let's give the exact location of your bakery now, so you can get some of that walk-in traffic and people can try that chocolate cake. We're at 1610 Olive, downtown, in the Centenary United Methodist Church, um, which is at 16th and Olive. Um, It's a three-story church. It's a huge church. It's health department-approved kitchens. We rent the kitchens from them. Um, But there's two high-rises, one in front of the church and one on either side, so it's hard to spot the church. Mm -hmm. But there's a parking lot right there. We're there Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 8 till 2. Right. You had mentioned, Kaylin, early on that uh, when you got started, you, had some, you, you went through money pretty quickly. Uh, are you self-sustaining now? I mean, with all that you're doing, is it enough to uh, keep the operation afloat? We're getting there. We're about halfway there. Um, we're existing on a grant right now from a, a group in Boston called Alchemies, and we just got news that we received a grant from Incarnate Ward for next year. Well, that's uh, that's terrific. So you've got another year, uh, definitely, and, and and certainly you want to continue it long beyond uh, beyond the next year. You know, I think it takes a business about five to eight years to be established. We're only in our third, going on our third, and I think we're like at the five to eight year point. So we're getting there pretty quick. Beyond the bakery, and I'll put this to both of you. Uh, are you doing any work with regard to maybe changing that system, Pete, that we talked about before with regard to uh, these conditions that oftentimes put people back on the wrong path? Um, me, personally, I, I like to make my approach to it a little more uh, personal. Um, I just try to uh, I handle 
it better, I think, in like a one-on-one session with these guys and just trying to work with them and help them out and give them hope. Um, but we do also have a um, another non-for-profit called Inside Dharma that the Zen, Kalen Zen Center is through. And we're actually starting a new group coming up where we're going to be inviting guys. It's going to be called First Stop. And we're going to be inviting guys when they first get out of prison to come and kind of have just an open kind of discussion group and maybe make some bags to hook them up with toiletries and things like that mm-hmm. that they may need. So um, I'm just trying to be the boots on the ground guy, right. you know. How about you, Kayla? Do you any work uh, outside of the bakery in this area? Um, I'm working with it all the time. But, it's, again, it's more on a one-to-one basis. Um, I think if if you could touch one person in your life, it touches many other people. You know, um, George Lombardi, who's on our board of directors, he's, oh, yes. he's former director of Department of Correction, he always mm-hmm. makes a point that, you know, when you're hiring a guy, you're not only giving him a job, you're affecting his family, his wife, his children. You're affecting all the people around him. You're affecting the people who aren't being you know, crimes being committed against them because they have a job and they have pride in their work. So it's very far-reaching. What what sort of stories have you heard over these years you've been involved, both in Farmington and here, uh, in terms of um, what put people on the on the wrong path? What are the conditions that, that cause that to happen? You know, I think that's a, a big question. And I... I don't know the answer to it. I was kind of a wild kid, and I always tell people, I just didn't get caught when I was a teenager. <laughs> you know, I could have, I could have ended up in prison too, um, if I would have been at the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, and so I think once you get into the system, it's very hard to get out of it. It's um, if you spend ten to fifteen years with somebody telling you what time to get up, what you're going to eat that day, where you're go- when you're going to walk across the yard. It's like endless. So you get out and you're you're like stuck. You know, you don't think for yourself anymore. You could get institutionalized. Yeah. But Pete, do you want to tell us your story? My personal story? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I grew up in uh, upstate New York and um, uh, kind of like the poverty level, you know. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money and um, my social influences around my friends and things like that involved drugs and partying and committing crimes and stuff like that. And I kind of got involved in it at a really young age. And uh, I think my first run-in with the cops was at 10. I think I was 10. We broke into an abandoned school and got uh, got picked up then. And um, I got into some more trouble in my teens but never had any real um, consequences from it. And then when I was about 21, I caught my first felony. And it, it, with me personally, it was always around uh, drugs and um, committing crimes. I was a heroin addict for like 10 years. so um, And that just, you know, everything just, went, just starts to spiral out of control. You know, it's just charge after charge after charge, chasing the drug. And what do you think is the main ingredient? Do you think it is poverty, or do you think it is peers and peer pressure, that sort of thing? Um, no, I, I, I don't think it's any one thing, and I don't think it's any one thing that's the main thing. Certain factors compound, and, and it's even just kind of depends on the individual, because there's people who had even, uh, you know, a worse situation than I had to deal with, and, you know, they lived their life just fine, you know. Mm-hmm. They made the proper choices and stuff like that. So I think it's very subjective uh, per person. Um, I don't think there's any, like, one area that you can 
maybe fine to fix the solution. I think it's more of like a compassion-based idea, um, I think. Yeah. What do you think, uh, Kaylin? I mean, you've been exposed to a lot of people who have uh, gotten into trouble. Do you see any dots that can be connected? Um, I, I'm looking more like from this day forward, and I'm looking more at like what will make it possible for them to get out of that. And I think a lot of it has to do with self-respect. And, you know, a, a lot of our people come in and, and they don't have self-respect for them. And it's like, if you don't respect yourself, how can you respect another person? And so I think by reaching out and trying to develop um, skills, work skills, but also people skills. I mean, we're not a hardline um, employer. Uh, we understand that somebody may get called in the middle of the, of the day to have to go do a, a urine drop or they have to go see a parole officer. Mm-hmm. You know, we... We are set up for that. And we we work on, like, we really want people to feel good about themselves. And I think that's what's going to change everything. Lack of self-respect, Pete, is that, uh, does that ring true with you during your, oh, your youth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could, uh, yeah, you know, I didn't have a very good self-image. You know, when you don't think very highly of yourself, you know, you don't have, high goals or you know you, you you think well whatever why not take this chance why not run this risk or you know yeah. Kayla what is the range of offenses of people that you've hired that's the funny part I don't even ask <laughs> I don't care it, to me it's always that from this point forward is there anybody for any reason who, who came to you that you would reject and say no we can't do this not not one hmm. Never happened, obviously. I don't even ask. You know, we don't, on our application, we don't ask what they did. We ask when they got out, you know, and if they have any baking skills, basically. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it takes, huh? That's all it takes. Where does the name Laughing Bear come from? A friend of mine um, who was Native American um, did a lot of the paperwork for us and got us established, and she passed away with breast cancer. And I wanted to honor her, and, but her name was Victoria, and I couldn't call it Victoria's Bakery. I just couldn't go there. So her totem was a bear, and she laughed a lot, so hence Laughing Bear. Nice story. Could you make a pitch to people now that might be able to help you somehow? I mean, obviously you're looking for grants and other kinds of funding. What can people do who would like to participate and, and help out you and help out the people that you're helping? Um, one of the things is if we could sell more of our product, we are, uh, if people would walk into stores and say, do you have Laughing Bear products, Laughing Bear bakery products, if they could go to Straub's and buy up our products, if they could go to um, Smokehouse and buy up our products. And, and the more products we sell, the more people we could hire. I mean, that's, the, that's our limiting factor is sales. So we really need outreach. We need, we need people to tell about everyone about their our products. Come down to the bakery and, and get some and taste them. They're great. Do, do you have a website whereby people could uh, learn more and learn how to contact you? Sure. It's laughingbearbakery.org. That's pretty easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> and people can even place orders on the website, too, uh, for anything they may like. But, again, it would, be a, it would be a pickup thing. They'd have to come down to the bakery and get it. Uh, uh, we, we don't ship. Yeah. yeah. 
But you would like to, you're doing three days a week now. You would like to expand to five, I would assume. Definitely. If you did that, would you be able to hire more people? Definitely. All right. Well, um, I'm waiting for a phone call here. I think someone is trying to get into us. Uh, once again, the laughingbear.org is the name of your website, and that's how folks can uh, can get at you. Anything else you'd like to add, Pete? Uh, no, I think it's pretty good. All right. Uh, Caleb? Thank you. Thank you. I guess we're not getting that phone call after. Well, thank, you. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you both for being with us. Good luck to you. Right. It sounds like a great project. And I know from someone who has tasted some of your goods here that you brought with you that uh, you're on the right track because they're, <laughs> they say it's the, the cookie was the best thing they've ever tasted. Everything is homemade. Right. Kayla McAllister, thank you so much for being with us. Pete Wallace, thank you too. Good luck to both of you. That's uh, folks from the Laughing Bear Bakery. 